and welcome back on the island. Another preview episode as we get ready for season 39 of Survivor Island of the Idols. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> Something like that. They always make the names slightly like there's an extra S or an extra the or something that makes me think I'm saying it wrong. But Survivor Island of the Idols debuts Wednesday, September 25th, and we are previewing the new season as we always do here on the island. Uh, I'm Taylor Gaines, the host. You can hear me and Tyler B. Commons talking about the cast and previewing everything to do with the cast and the theme in the episode that dropped on Monday. And today we are continuing our biannual tradition of taking a State of the Union with Survivor, a State of Survivor conversation with our friend from realityblurred.com. He wrote a column that just came out called Survivor is Pizza, Andy Dennert. Hey, Taylor. Thanks for having me back. And I'm, I'm glad this has become a tradition now. Uh, and it's always fun to kind of see what we talked about before a season and then see how the season turns out. Like, remember last fall surprised both of us and yeah. hope, hope for that again. We got our hopes up and then had the season after. Yes. Where I guess uh, I said this on Monday's episode of our podcast that I don't really want to relitigate it or belabor it, but but the 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 simple fact is that it was just insane and someone won who was not part of the show and it was stupid. Yep. But uh, it's always good to have you back. I think I, me and Ty talk a lot about having these big picture conversations and struggling to talk about week to week stuff sometimes because it's just less interesting than like what is actually happening to this show over the course of 40 seasons and your new column really gets into that but uh just tell me a little bit about your thesis tease people a little bit before we dive into it survivor is pizza yes so i don't even know when this metaphor occurred to me i might have been thinking about that pile of pizza from last season that was a uh, <laughs> uh, and i just it just occurred to me that like and maybe i heard somebody on food network or another show talking about pizza as being this kind of amazing resilient food that sort of can change and take on different things or i don't I just like i've just been thinking about that and i was like you know that's basically what survivor is too it's this perfect format um, that works so well and you can add and change things and move around pieces and you still have fundamentally the same thing that works and sometimes it might work a little less which I use in this piece as I compare that to various kinds of ways pizza toppings or crusts or whatever can change and or pizza can just be underdone or overdone um, sometimes that happens and it's but it's still pizza and it's pretty good and we'll we'll go with it um, and then sometimes it can you know, Go ways that like I don't like pineapple on my pizza. You are you a pineapple pizza person? Uh, I have been at some points in my life. I like it's it's okay. Yeah, so like so, and that's and I think that's good. So some people, some of us like that, some of us don't, and that's the way with those with the survivor. Like some of us love the flood of hidden immunity idols, some of us don't. But fundamentally, it's the same basic thing, and we can all um, enjoy it, and and also debate over whether or not you know certain toppings belong in the pizza or not. Um, but it occurred to me that like my sort of disenchantment with the direction that Survivor has been going in the last few years um, was the equivalent of just really fundamentally undermining the structure of pizza 
i.e. my metaphor for Survivor. Um, like I compared last season, uh, Edge of Extinction to a pizza without a crust, just some sauce on a plate or on a table with some cheese on top. And it's like, this is not a pizza where there's no work done here, yet someone still won a million dollars by sitting around and making friends with the jury, um, but doing none of the things that we ask people to do in Survivor, like, you know, outplaying or outwitting um, or playing in challenges or you know, being engaged in strategy. Um, so yeah, that's, that's basically the gist of it is just trying to think through for myself, um, and also to share with others kind of where that disenchantment can come from sometimes when I do get disenchanted with what undoubtedly is my most, um, consistently favorite reality show, um, of the past 20 years. Yeah. Which I, I would think says a lot for someone who runs a website about reality television. Yeah, I mean, there, and there's there's tons of options, but like, and that's why I think it's sort of like pizza. We all keep coming back to it, right? You might try some great new food, and you might love cer- certain kind of cuisine, but there's there's something just fundamentally great about how well this works, um, and you know, it's just not been able to be duplicated. And people have certainly tried. And um, like I write in the piece, also sometimes I think we want to pretend that there's more shows that are like Survivor, like Big Brother, that actually are just not. Um, and aren't that, aren't that good at all, uh, fundamentally. Yeah, and there's a sense of, like, to use a sports analogy, I guess, there's a really high floor with Survivor, typically, where even the seasons that are bad and that we're critical of, you still kind of get a show with strategic dynamics that's unlike anything else on TV just because of the brilliance of the original concept. And even with them attempting to mask it sometimes, it still is fascinating to watch how people turn against each other and decide who to vote out and how the social dynamics will play and sometimes obviously we've talked about before that's a dark mirror on society sometimes it's not but it it just has a general floor of like like pizza is a good analogy because you're like this is gonna be pretty good pretty much no matter what so yeah and i and i think that's yeah it's just it's like you said, there's the seasons that aren't that great are still entertaining. We're still going to have the beautiful cinematography and just the art design. I mean, um, oh my gosh, what was the season with the, it's now I'm completely blanking on the name where they went off to a little Island and all the former, uh, like advantages were there. Oh, ghost Island. Yeah. Ghost Island. Thank you. That's, that's why I couldn't remember it. I, it's such a ridiculous name. Uh, yeah, Ghost Island, like, you know, Ghost Island was such a wasted opportunity, I think, with those dumb little games of chance that people had to play. And some people went to Ghost Island and didn't have anything to do at all. But even then, the production design of just the way that they made that little shelter with all the snuffers hanging overneath or overhead, um, the person lying underneath, like that is beautiful. And it's great to look at. And you know that a lot of care went into this. Even when I think they people are making decisions that they like, I, I think he, like Jeff Brooks and his his team are making decisions. I think they care. I think they're trying to make the show as best as it can be. Um, I think sometimes they end up dumping a gallon of milk on top of the pizza and imagining that that is going to be good. But I but that's only good if there's cereal underneath it, not actual pizza. Yeah, I guess we could question whether the spaceship sized skull created of boston rob and sandra actually fits into that past of creating really compelling beautiful images (laughs) but 
that's I mean, it's certainly stunning and amazing production design, but also, and I've only seen some photos and the clips that we've seen so far. Is it just me or does it not look anything like either of them? And I know <laughs> they, were like, they were like scanned by some kind of 3D modeling company and they, there's sort of like a lot of time and energy went into these things. And the Boston Rob one does not look anything like him as far as I'm concerned. I felt like they look like my memory of these people, if that makes sense. Like if yes. I, if I saw them, I'd be like, oh yeah, that, that, I remember them looking like that. And then you see a real picture and you're like, oh no, that's just how my brain remembered them. <laughs> it's, it's like <laughs> right. the opposite of the uncanny Valley, I guess. I, I, at the same time, like you said, I would never question that the people making this show don't love this show. I, it's more of a question sometimes of whether Jeff and co actually are the right people to be making the decisions they're making. But at this point, I guess they've earned the right and we're kind of along for the ride. But to uh, pull from your article, I, I, I guess I can read this because we have an explicit rating on Apple Podcasts. But you said sometimes the, <laughs> sometimes it's very evident that the producers of Survivor have actually grabbed a bird and squeezed it until it projectile shat all over the pizza. And then they pretended as if it was a drive-by shitting. And sometimes those who saw the dead squeezed birds stay quiet because they need to work next season or want to be cast on a future season. <laughs> and there aren't that many times, I guess there have been more in recent years, which is why this is a troubling trend where the show is that bad. But I think that's some of the struggle I have with the coverage of the show when it is bad is like, and, and this is my theory for why <laughs> Ty and I will never be able to be on the show just because our podcast exists. And well, I guess, you know, I, with SNL happening recently, maybe, maybe you could make it because people don't actually study up on the people they're looking into but point being like people seem afraid to criticize things when the show is bad and i think websites like yours serve us well because they're kind of like hey guys uh we should talk about this and even last season and in recent years contestants have started to take that more into their own hands i think julia carter being the best recent example writing about some of the racial dynamics on her season that were unpleasant and just blogging it herself which i, I don't even know if that's really allowed by survivors like contestant nda rules or whatever but i was glad she did it <laughs> yeah no me, I, I feel the same way and i know that you know for a while like they I remember if you remember these years when survivors weren't allowed to be on Twitter or social media at all um, during the season. And then they sort of allowed them to kind of come on because I think they realized it helped the show. It didn't really hurt. But what people were tweeting about was not that interesting. We've gotten more and more sort of like a little bit of insight. And in Julia's case, I think just a full reasonable or like, you know, like the thorough, well-reasoned, detailed accounting of what went wrong and that I appreciate so much because if the people who are experiencing it and really know what's going on aren't going to talk about it, um, then the rest of us really can't know. We can know what we see on TV. I think it's important to talk about that and talk about how it's edited and how um, it's constructed for us. But ultimately, there's obviously a you know quote unquote real story of what happened behind the scenes. Um, just as a tangent with Julia, what I find super fascinating is that there's some fans who 
prefer the just watching and not thinking experience so much that they basically will call people like her a liar or just say that they don't believe them. Um, and it's like, like it's like, that's such a bizarrely delusional thing to be saying. Like I sitting at home watching 44 minutes of television that have been edited and condensed and manipulated into entertainment for my value. And it's three days turned to 44 minutes. Um, and I know more about what happened to this person than this person does. Um, and it doesn't mean you think you can't, those two people can't have a good debate or a discussion about it, but it's just funny that people just want to watch and not think about like the possibility that what they're seeing is constructed and is maybe not constructed in a way that's ideal. Yeah. Welcome to Twitter, Andy, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, this morning I saw people questioning a speech of a 16 year old talking about climate change who has autism and they were accusing her of like acting in her speech or whatever. And I was just like, what is, what is this environment we've created for ourselves? <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, it's like, it is really disturbing. And like, I don't know, I don't understand if people are doing that in good faith or, and they're actually that delusional themselves or if they're just, awful or i don't know and it makes me sad and yes it's you know that if twitter were to shut down tomorrow there would be parts of it that i would miss but i would ultimately think the world will be a better place and ditto with facebook um there's stuff that we rely on it a lot for but we can we function before it and we could function after it as well <laughs> i'm strongly considering just putting my phone into airplane mode starting at like 6 p.m every night and if I miss emergencies because of it, then so be it, you know? <laughs> anyway, there are a lot of potential ways this season could go. And it sounds like you are skeptical based off of your uh, column here and questioning whether the show could ever return to being plain cheese pizza. How are you feeling when the, as the show kicks off very soon? I mean, I think I always have a sense of like excitement and optimism, even though it might not always show through in what I'm writing at that moment. Um, so I am hopeful. I am annoyed, I guess, ultimately that someone thought that Rob and Sandra needed to be back. And I think this is one of those things where we probably don't know the full story and the fact that they're on for two seasons in a row. Maybe this was like, we'll come back, but we need a full year. Um, maybe not that like, and I don't want to be again, one of those people who speculates and doesn't know because I don't know. Um, I just don't think we needed them on for an entire year. And this looks like a really strong cast on paper and in the clips that I've seen. Um, so I just, my concern is that we'll get attention on Rob and Sandra kind right. of in the way the reunions at the end of a season, never focus on the actual cast who we've just seen play the game and we want to actually reunite with, um, but focus on ridiculousness instead. So that's what I, that's my hesitancy is like, I do think though uh, it's at first this, this twist with them read a lot like ghost Island, but the fact that they're going to be, you know, teaching people something is fine and maybe a little condescending and annoying. Um, but the fact that then like the advantage, have to come after some kind of challenge that Rob or Sandra have for the contestants and that they have the power to negotiate a little bit makes for some interesting possibility, but it also makes for the possibility that this becomes the Rob and Sandra season 
And that's what I hope does not happen. Yeah, I think, I guess my conspiracy theory that I'm just thinking of as we talk about this would be like, I wouldn't be surprised if Robin Sandra were out of season 40 very early. <laughs> like, my theory is Survivor wanted them to come back for season 40. They were like, no thanks. And they were like, how about we pay you for two seasons and you can just get voted out within the first like three days of season 40. And the other one, you can just sit around. They're like, ah, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I think, I mean, it's it seems very, very likely that both of them will get voted out early if the season 40 cast does not get Sandra out immediately. Like, I don't know what they're thinking. Can you imagine being that good? <laughs> Just yeah. And like, if you like, you know, if I, there's a scenario for season 40, and you know, we're still, we're not even to 39 yet, but like if Sandra were to not just win, but just make it to the final tribal council even, but definitely if she were to be able to win, like I, my jaw would literally be permanently on the floor, um, but also in awe of her ability. Um, so I did to, to sort of play the same game over and over again and say the game she's playing and to have no one really notice enough to, to uh, send her home. Yeah. We'll see. That's going to be an interesting season, obviously for sure. Yeah. Uh, I do want to talk about the cast a little bit. Me and Ty previewed it in depth, obviously in our last episode, but I was struck by a similar thing where with the information that's out there, I feel like this is one of the more diverse and interesting casts that they've had ever just on paper. And I'm not sure how it's going to play out, but I share a similar skepticism in the sense that when I find the cast this interesting and I know that we're going to spend a lot of time with Rob and Sandra, I'm like, Oh, that might undercut the, ability to actually learn what could potentially be a really cool cast yeah exactly and by the way just like as a sort of side note about this cast this is i think um the first cast that comes entirely from um the the post lynn spillman era um although i don't exactly know you know who on this cast might have applied before whose application there were definitely a few from what i could tell yeah and like some casting producers might have had someone in mind well back into the Lynn Spillman era, but this show was cast after she exited slash according to some survivor contestants was forced out of her job by Jeff Probst. So, and the fact that this is a strong cast, like that might be a reason to explain why that change happened. And I would be, you know, much more supportive of that kind of change if this cast is really um, not falling into some of those traps that we've seen in the past. Like, Especially the, the the kind of recruited contestant who is asked to watch one recent season and then thinks they know how to play the game, and their the casting process somehow reinforces the idea that they have to model themselves after someone else who came before them um, instead of just going into it and, and playing. Yeah, so I'm I'm very encouraged, and they do seem to be like just in terms of background and life experience and just all categories of um, in terms of like characteristics like age and just like a, a good risk people the average age this season is like 34 i think yeah which is for a cbs reality show is like amazing yeah i'm excited about that and to your earlier point i think there are two recruits i think the olympic swimmer elizabeth and the hockey player tom are the two 
from what I can tell that were recruited. There was actually an interesting thing. I don't know if you if you followed this or saw this, but I came to it too late. There was an article on The Athletic, which is a relatively new sports website that is subscriber only. And they published a Q&A with Tom, who was relevant, obviously, being a former hockey player to their interests. And by the time I got to it, I was reading through it and I got to the comments and everyone in the comments was saying, wow, he really shouldn't have said all that. And like, man, I can't believe he gave away so much about the first tribal council or something. (laughs) And then comments below that were like, oh, nope, looks like they already fixed it. Looks like it's been edited. So I was like, man, I I wish I had gotten here soon because it sounds like somebody was not trained very well to talk. Wow, I did not, yeah, did not see, I must have totally missed that for some reason, but I did not see that at all. And that's, that's interesting, because I do think that, like, maybe to our point about Twitter a little bit too, like, um, I think the, maybe the the handling of contestants is a little lighter, or at the very least, I don't know if they train them well. Um, We see this on Big Brother too, where I just don't think anybody is really prepared for what it's like to have a mob of crazy um, fans and also passionate and loving fans too. Um, but a lot, also a lot of kind of wacky people, um, you know, watching you 24 seven and also harassing your family members and digging up everything they can find about your past. Um, so I, I, really, don't how- I don't, I don't know if any of these people listen to our podcast, but I really want to make a preseason plea to just like, if you're about to tweet something angry at someone, just like wait 24 hours and see how you feel about tweeting it the next day. Like, are you really going to add something to the world with <laughs> to the discourse? <laughs> and actually, the strategy that I found works really well is actually typing it out and saying all the angry things and then deleting it. Um, just the process of actually typing it makes me feel better. And then I don't send it into the world. And then everyone, you know, moves on with their lives, especially me. Yeah, and I think that's a thing that works well in life too like uh, at least in my experience if i'm angry at someone for example and i'm like i'm about to send off this angry text to them and instead i'm just like you know what put my phone down and then the next day think about it and i'm like you know what i know how to handle this better (laughs) anyway the last thing i wanted to touch on relative to your column in the big picture is this underlying argument you're making that Change is good, and change has helped this show survive and evolve, but you can't just change constantly for the sake of change. You can tell me if I'm misreading this, but it sounds like you're saying, yeah, change is great, but change doesn't mean anything if change is the constant. Like, some things should stay the same. Yeah, exactly. And it feels like there's this push to, like, you know, now we're in Fiji, so we can't possibly have a location theme and so we need some kind of like hook and it's like especially with everything that jeff probe says about how they're making survivor for the fans although we talked a year ago that they were like he was said no now i'm making survivor for the contestants or whatever so who knows and who then immediately had a great season right after that <laughs> exactly yeah so but like if you're making survivor for its hardcore fans like we don't need a gimmick to pull us in. In fact, yeah. we're going to be the ones who are annoyed by the gimmick. And sure, try a gimmick once in a while, see what happens, bring something in. I, you know, like for a long time, I was like, it would be great if we just started a season of Survivor with like one big tribe and then broke into tribes. And they tried it, and I don't think that's my favorite season ever. 
I'm not sure it's entirely because of that format, but I love that Survivor is willing to experiment there. Um, but I just don't think that like this constant need to one up and to be crazier and like, you know, again, jumping into next season a little bit, but like they're now introducing this idea of like survivors are going to have currency. They're going to be able to buy things in the game, which is coming from, you know, stranded with a million dollars and other reality shows that have done similar things. And it's like, why, why do we need that? We don't. I mean, that's how we know our hopes should be dead though. Right? Like if season 40 of all seasons is not one, they're going to just do a traditional game for then like are they ever <laughs> yeah that's a good that's a good point and if you can't just say like here here are 20 amazing people who won this game all of whom have the skills and strength to outwit outplay and outlast but we don't trust that, that that's going to be an interesting enough season for you to watch so we're going to bring back the most reviled twist in the history of the show and throw on other twists on top of that like it's this yeah survivor has declared that it is, you know, now, like, as I write, like, it's become fettuccine Alfredo, and it's just pretending that it's pizza. Um, and that's, that's sad to me, I guess, because I would just love a, just a slice of cheese pizza again. And I'm really tired of my own metaphor right now. <laughs> well, don't take it back now. <laughs> yes, I can't. No, it's too late. But yeah, I think it's just uh, hard to imagine the logic behind, like, someone watching Patriots versus Jets on a Sunday afternoon or something and being drawn in by the words Island of the Idols more than they are by the word Survivor. Like, yes. I, I don't know where that actually plays in. Maybe they have some marketing testing that they've done about this, but it, s- it seems flawed. And even like, there, you know, I, you've probably seen this. Um, and like, just as a disclaimer, a lot of times things Jeff Probst talks about before the season don't ever come to fruition. Like, I don't remember, it was, it was maybe last season or the season before when he said there was this whole thing where the survivors were going to have, like, a chore sheet to keep track of, like, who did chores around camp and, like, who was really working hard for the rest of the tribe and providing. And, like, we never saw that at all on the season. So, mm-hmm. clearly, some of these things that he talks about, like, aren't necessarily coming to fruition here. But, like, with, with this season, I think he talked about the subtitle as, like, they want to try to like fool the contestants into thinking right. that it means one, but it actually means something else. And it's like, why does like, in what universe does that matter? And like, do we have, we have to trick our players into thinking that there's going to be hidden immunity idols. So they run around digging holes everywhere, but it actually, the idols are Rob and Sandra. Like, isn't that <laughs> clever? Like it's, you know, great. It's a pun. Like, okay. Or <laughs> I don't even know if it counts as a pun. I don't know. So you're you're positing that essentially Survivor functions in the way that the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences does, or where they float crazy ideas, and then when people freak out, then they're like, "Oh, well, actually, we're not going to do the most popular film Oscar." I get, um, or at least like, I think he actually maybe they do those things, and then they just because I keep all all these interviews that we're seeing are usually um, recorded on location, and then the edit is taking place afterwards. So maybe they're just realizing then that this wasn't right. anything that anywhere. So maybe it yeah. never ends up on after all. Um, so, and again, that goes back to the idea of experimentation. And I think I will give Jeff Probst a lot of credit and, and his team um, for trying things. And, and I appreciate that CBS lets them do that. And, you know, yeah. so the amazing race is a show that never did that. Um, and basically just got its budget reduced 
used and it's and it just sort of shrank into this sad version of itself and then it started like innovating in ways that were just weird and didn't do anything for it at all and it just kind of withered into this sad version of its former self so i'm glad that survivor has not done that but survivor is basically like you know ballooned up into this weird version of its former self like you know it's some kind of like creature that's been infected with some kind of radioactive thing i'm trying to make up a new metaphor (laughs) you gotta write a new column now exactly that'll be next season yeah i think to your point, I mean, like this season, they're not doing a marooning. I don't know how long it's been since they haven't done a marooning, but they're just going to start on the beaches because, like you said, he wants to like mislead them about what the theme is or whatever. Regardless, things will change and things will stay the same. In this case, it feels like the show changes, but the people making it stay the same. And like the, with the marooning, like I actually think that's one place that it's that's a good way to experiment. Like I don't know if I need to see everyone on a boat with Jeff pretending he doesn't know their names and yeah. like looking for a, a the, the advantage they know is hidden there. Like we've, we've done that now. We've seen that a bunch, like, sure. Like just let them show up at the beach and try to figure things out for themselves. So I'm all for that. And I think that that is, uh, um, again, those kind of experiments are, are fun and, and can lead to things. Um, or at the very least just make it different for a season and then it doesn't work. You go backwards. Yeah. Well, let's see how this season's experiment goes. You can find Andy's column, Survivor is Pizza, Perfect, Malleable, Resilient, Will We Ever Just Get Pizza? Again, on realityblurred.com. I will also link to it in the show notes and where you can follow him on Twitter. What kind of things do you put out there for people during the season? Um, so I tend to recap every episode, and but my recaps are not... Um, this happened and then this happened and then this happened. It's just sort of my take on the episode and themes that I noticed or um, complaining about <laughs> something that <laughs> went wrong or celebrating something that is really amazing and exciting. So yeah, it's like if, if you're looking for a play by play minute by minute, that's not the kind of recap I write. But um, And then I also try to cover the behind the scenes stuff that when people talk in interviews or um, on social media and try to aggregate all that together and offer some commentary and thoughts as well. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what, that's what my coverage tends to be like. Yeah. Sounds like you fit in well here on the Island. <laughs> I know we've definitely been accused of complaining a lot. So what can you do at reality blurred on Twitter? You can find us at on the Island pod Andy, thank you, as always, for joining me for this preseason episode. It's a fun little tradition we've got going now. And uh, hopefully this season can, you know, it's it's always good to go in with low expectations. Hopefully it can surprise us. <laughs> Indeed, I hope so. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk at the beginning of 40, and hopefully we'll be looking backwards at a season that was absolutely amazing and hoping for the same for 40. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't follow the same exact pattern as last year. Great season followed by all-time disaster. But... We'll see. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Enjoy the premiere 90 minutes, I believe, tonight as this goes up. And we will be back on Friday with our first recap show of the season. We'll break down everything from the in game and post game of week number one. And we will be underway here on Survivor season 39. Hopefully, Andy will just be the first guest of many as we get things rolling. Thank you for listening. 
go rate us on apple Podcasts. we're on spotify we're in all the places and see you next time bye I'm not good at making these things up as well. <laughs> that is right.